Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. As he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very costly ointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. When was it in your life that someone showed up just at the right time and did something unexpected? Who was it that gifted you in a way that no one else could? I want you to think about that for just a minute. For us, it was when we moved away to Iowa to attend seminary for our, with our family, and that was almost 10 years ago. We were blessed by a congregation that cared about us and supported us. They took great efforts to raise funds to help us pay tuition and expenses. Things were very tight for our little family of four at the time, and we were not sure what to expect from this experience. And Ivy told me at the time, if we go through this for four years and you don't end up a pastor, we're going to have problems. Can't blame her. There was so much we couldn't have expected. We were excited, but we didn't know how this would end and where we would end up. There was another member in that church that set up a recurring gift every month through their bank and sent us a check every single month for four years. And there were so many times that we wondered if we would make it through a month to get bills paid or to get what we needed, and then that gift showed up. It meant the world. It also meant we could sometimes uh, get a night out to have dinner or go to a movie or go out with friends and classmates. I will never forget that gesture of love and support. It meant a lot to know that there were people that believed in me and cared about us so much and expected great things, even when we didn't know what to expect. Mark's Gospel tells this story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, and we hear the people shouting, Hosanna! And they're saying something like, Come save us! Save now! Save us, we pray! They were laying their coats on the dusty road, and you didn't just do that for anyone. They didn't have washing machines, right? They were waving branches, whether they were palms or leafy branches or things cut from a field, stalks. 
something done only to celebrate a royal presence. So fulfilling prophecy, Jesus rides in on an animal that has never been ridden before into the city. The people on the road would have recognized this as the king coming into their midst to do something extraordinary. What did they expect? Maybe he would overturn the ruling establishment, the empire. Maybe he would feed people. Maybe he would heal everyone. They had heard about him as one who did those things. But their actions demonstrate that they believe Jesus to be real royalty. The one who would be a new king, who would free the people from the empire, from Roman rule, and would begin a new dynasty. This day for us in the church usually includes some of that excitement. As the season of Lent comes to an end, and we look forward to lilies and family gatherings and a full church on Easter morning. We want to hear the trumpet sound and the organ at a full roar and see the ones we love and hold them again. But this year it's different. For now, we stay home. We take precautions for our safety and the safety of others, mindful that so many are fighting infections and so many people have died in our country and around the world from the coronavirus. We will get there. We will be together again. We can look forward and hope in that future. But we hear the people shouting, come save us. And we feel that. We feel that all the more this year. We can relate, right? They're asking for a transformation. A transformation of their reality, of the world they live in. They're depending on this king to bring about a change. They're asking for it. And by now, the disciples, yes, they believe Jesus is the Messiah, even if they don't quite understand what that means for them. And two days before the Passover, they were outside the city in the time, uh, right before Passover, in, outside the city in the town of Bethany, eating dinner at the home of Simon the leper. This is likely someone who was healed from Jesus, but they still call him that. He's still Simon the leper. Even though he was transformed and freed of his disease, he's still known by that name. And even after being welcomed as king, Jesus is eating with folks with whom a king probably wouldn't have been expected to share a table. There at the home of the former leper, Jesus is at the table with his friends when an unnamed woman shows up with a jar of ointment, anointing oil, nard, right? Precious, expensive stuff. And he poured, she pours it on Jesus' head. Seems strange in our context, right? So let's take a look and, and think about what this is. Anointing, we hear in Scripture, was done for a couple of reasons. We hear about David being anointed by the prophet when he was a, just a shepherd in the book of Samuel. This was to show that he was chosen by God and done as a ritual to prepare him to take the throne and be the new king. Typically, the only other time someone might be anointed would be because they were dead or dying. This ritual was done to prepare a body for burial. At least one Bible scholar has wondered, maybe this could be even a generous act of hospitality for an honored guest. Could be. But extravagant, right? That jar was worth nearly a year's wages. We can remember when Jesus fed 5,000, one of the disciples there commented, it would take 200 denarii to feed all these people. 
So we can expect a jar worth 300 denarii could feed 7,500 people. The disciples see this and they get angry. They were talking to each other, wondering why this woman would be so wasteful. And they scold her. But Jesus interrupts to praise her for doing a good thing, saying, She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Jesus names what the disciples fear the most. Death is on the way. The onlookers, they're upset. I mean, shouldn't Jesus be all about helping the poor? Isn't that his thing? Isn't that what his life and ministry are all about? So they say she's made a selfish decision and begin to shame her. Well, they might have been right. I wonder if they would have thought that way, though, before they met Jesus. In their time with him, how have they been changed by his power, by his presence? Even if they get it wrong at times. Jesus could have agreed, but the oil had already been poured. So what are you going to do now? The choice was either to praise her for what she had done or to curse her. Jesus wasn't going to do that. Jesus shows her great love. He knew that his life was at risk in Jerusalem. He'd already predicted his death and resurrection three times, so his words cast her in the best light and even more give her a legacy. Wherever the good news is proclaimed, this story, and she will be remembered. Judas would betray him. Peter would deny him. And as we approach Holy Week, we remember this woman without a name once again. She showed great love to Jesus as he moved toward the cross. And the King and Messiah shows love all the way to the cross for her sake and for ours. So now our lives have been upended, interrupted by infection, fear, and death. And as we continue to stay home, keep our distance, work for the safety and health of others, we wait for something to change. We need some good news. But we have already been changed, right? We aren't staying home out of fear or selfishness, hoarding, but out of our care for others. We wait for a cure, for a treatment, for a reprieve from climbing numbers of infections and horrible losses we have seen over the last few months. But we wait faithfully, trusting that the love of God we have known will always be with us. That faith in Jesus brings us with him into a new existence here and now, even as we suffer. In the meantime, the stories of love are what shake us. And we hear love when we hear of people giving up respirators so that others can use them and live. Of the countless nurses and doctors working themselves to the bone to care for patients whose families cannot be with them in hospitals. Of teachers and supermarket employees and neighbors going the extra mile to get people what they need. This Palm Sunday may be different for us, and none of us like to be away from our loved ones, our church, our work, our schools, and our traditions. We may be physically distanced, but we are still connected, still together, still the body of Christ in the world. And we're welcoming the king to come again, shouting, Hosanna, come save us in big ways, curing our diseases, healing our sick, helping us stand when we cannot work one more hour, and in small ways too, 
as we play with our children, as we prepare meals, as we enjoy moments of silence. Think again about that one who showed up for you, who showed love to you when you needed it the most. Even if you don't have a particular person in mind, that's okay. Jesus is that one for all of us who shows up to take on our flesh, our earthly existence, who becomes frail and fragile like we are and then does what is truly needed for us. Jesus is the one who sees us and finds us and loves us and transforms us in spite of ourselves, not because of anything that we've done or will do, but because of his grace and mercy. Jesus loves us as one of us and makes us his own. Jesus dies to save us and welcome us into a new existence, a new reality beyond disease and suffering and loss and grief. And he does it because we need it and cannot get it anywhere else. Other kings rode horses. Other kings conquered nations. Other kings ruled through fear and displays of power. Anointed beforehand for his death, this one is different. He will free his people through the power of a cross. Will die there for a world that betrays and denies him. He will be raised from the grave and rule with beauty and justice from heaven and in the hearts of all who trust in him. There's no other king like this one. This Jesus, this Messiah, the Savior, has come and is still coming to save us. Still showing love all the way. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, Jesus, come and save us. Save us now. Heal our wounds. Deliver us from disease. Bless this creation once more. You have claimed us in baptism. Remind us of our belovedness. You have made us one people in you. Remind us of our connectedness to one another and to you through your Holy Spirit. And lead us through this Holy Week. Feed us in your word and help us to be open to the new life you are bringing every day. In Jesus' name, amen.